Thomas Bleus, Red Lions, Captain, World Champion, European Champion, 500 meters from your home. What does it feel like? Oh yes, crazy, really crazy feeling. Uh, we worked really hard for it for many years, uh, so it's uh, nice, nice to see that we can uh, we have the benefits now from all the hard work. Uh, it's really a party. I think it's promotion for the hockey sport, promotion for the hockey sport in Belgium, but uh, also for uh, for the world. And uh, I'm really proud of the way we uh, we played this tournament. Uh, and yeah, I, uh, I'm just uh, honored to play to be in this team and to be part of uh, of uh, history. Can imagine. What's next? Next is a bit of rest, so really happy that we qualified for the Olympic Games. It was a big uh, focus point uh, for us. It means uh, we can do a little bit easier in the months of September, October. We don't have to play the qualification games. And I think uh, it's been a really, really long season. Uh, we ask a lot of, uh, of the players mentally and physically, so uh, I think uh, guys can enjoy uh, a little bit and uh, focus on the club now in September. Enjoy the break, enjoy the title, enjoy the party. Thanks. Become a European Championship in your own hometown. How does it feel? Uh, it feels uh, really good. Uh, I thought we handled the final uh, really, really well. Uh, we started sharp and uh, yeah, we scored uh, immediately. Uh, we, had a, we had a good lead, so and we hold on to that. And uh, even, field goals. Uh, we didn't need your penalty corner for the one time. <laughs> no, no, we didn't need it. Uh, but yeah, it's good that uh, that our striker scored, the midfielder scored, uh, and uh, yeah, in our in our PCs uh, going. So perfect. What's next? Uh, I think uh, Olympics, no? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay. Uh, first, maybe a little break, and then a uh, yeah, club competition, and then uh, Olympics. Congrats. Okay, thanks. The Euro Hockey Daily podcast is brought to you by XPS. Plan, prepare, perform, and win with XPS by sidelinesports.com. The essential software platform for hockey coaches all over the world. Not just for coaches here at the European Championship, but for all ambitious coaches eager to improve every day. A must-have tool for clubs who want to track the development of their homegrown talents. For more info, check out xps.promo hockey. Welcome to the Euro Hockey Daily. Here together, the day of the finals with Adam Cummins, technical director of the Belgian Federation. Is that the correct title? High yeah. performance manager, technical director. Uh, what's in a, what's in the name? Huh? Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, I think that's uh, easy to explain. Uh, any of those terms or all of the above, I find apply. Yeah, um, meaning that you are responsible for all top sport uh, within Belgium uh, hockey. Uh, responsible for the men's national team, for the women's national team, for all youth coming below that and next generations of hockey players. Um, making sure that Belgium is not a uh, one-day success, but uh, is there to stay at the top of the world. Yeah, that's right. We're looking uh, to have sustained success, so success over a, a long period of time and, and probably to easily explain my role, I oversee uh, the long-term vision of the Belgian Hockey Federation, um, how do we go about educating our uh, not only our coaches but uh, also our, our young players uh, to ensure that we develop them uh, to the best of their potential and and to ensure that we have a, a never-ending flow of players coming into the, the national teams and uh, it's quite a, a, a big mechanism. Uh, we have 
um, boys and girls teams from under 15, under 16, under 18 and under 21s. They all have their own staff that work with them in terms of head coaches and assistant coaches and then of course we have the Red Lions and the Red Panthers and, and, and those two teams are also at the, the forefront of what I do and, and working with the staff of those teams on a, on a daily basis uh -huh. and I have to say it's a, an incredibly rewarding role and one that I really enjoy because you're working with highly motivated people and and the sport you love yeah and, and they're at the top of their game so um, I, I, I really enjoy it and it's um, it's a it's a big responsibility but it's one I'm uh, thoroughly enjoying yeah you took over the role from Bet Venting and, and his role has been highlighted uh, on many occasions recently with the rise of Belgian hockey and uh, uh, rightfully so I think he is the one who laid the foundations for the success that uh, Belgian hockey is seeing today um, in what way are you continuing on, on, on the path that he laid out or making your own actions probably as well? Um. Yeah, there were numerous things that uh, um, Bert did particularly well and, and setting up the structure uh, of our youth programs and, and how we uh, educate the players, how we develop our coaches uh, was uh, laid the foundation for, for all that we're seeing now with our senior teams and uh, I think it would be incredibly um, uh, naive to, to throw that all away and uh -huh. say okay I've got a new vision yeah. uh, so we, we what we aim to do and I, I sat with Bert when I, I first started in the role and there was a few months where we were meeting quite regularly about things that he might have liked to have put into place uh -huh. but never had the time to do it yeah. Um, things that he thought uh, could benefit Belgian hockey in the future mm -hmm. and we brainstormed and, and we discussed a lot of different things and I had some ideas as well and obviously I'd, I'd been in Belgium for, for seven years in my first stint in, uh, in Belgium and so I was aware of some of the strengths that I think that we, we have in Belgium and, and particularities in Belgium yeah and I, I wanted to build on that yeah. uh, and I'm a big believer in uh, values-based coaching. So uh -huh. we spoke about what what do we stand for? What's the identity of yeah, Belgian can you hockey? Can you explain values-based coaching? Yeah, so values-based coaching is um, uh, basically what you're, you're aiming to do with your teams is to get them to be able to uh, live by a culture and, and a certain way of uh, living and, and thinking. And, and you try to, as a coach, um, uh, allow your players to, to develop that. So... You, you ask them uh, what, what are the things that you believe represent uh, this team mm -hmm. uh, what are the behaviours that you would like to see this team stand for is this something that comes out of the New Zealand rugby uh, yeah, a little bit like from, the, from the, the legacy but yeah. it, I think you know there are many high performing teams in the Absolutely. world that are doing that and 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 we had some values with uh, with Belgian hockey uh, in, in the high performance uh, area uh -huh. and we thought um that we might revisit those and uh, so that's been a piece of work that we've done in the last two years with our youth and, and we have some values there of call it type, team, you, passion and excellence uh -huh. and and we try to refer back to you know team is about being united, uh, what does that stand for, uh -huh. um, respectful, there are many words that you could describe for a team, Absolutely. you is about uh, yourself uh -huh. and, and looking to develop yourself passion is around passion for the Belgian shirt yeah. and excellence is around quality in all that we do 
and um, we we speak a lot about the behaviours that uh, underpin these values yeah. and the types of behaviours that enhance the values and types of behaviours which derail mm -hmm. uh, the the values and and when you are coaching in that way and you have these values in front of mind you can link that to the way that you play hockey as well and you can always lean on those values and that's what I mean by values based coaching yeah. where you have, you have players that are busy with um, demonstrating behaviours out onto the pitch mm -hmm. that will only make uh, our teams better well. and they're constantly busy with how do they uh, yeah. uh, live but in this that is way. something that you start really early with in the under yep. 16s and yep. you build and uh, yep. but obviously the a team the men's team and the women's team are the, yep. the leading examples in, in, in these roles that's right and um, and and certainly it doesn't always uh, run smoothly no. and, and work really well and you have ups and downs, um, but I think it gives you a nice anchor as a coach uh, to lean on in times where maybe the results aren't on the pitch aren't mm -hmm. uh, going the way that you might like. You know, I I once said because to, it's easy when it's all going well. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's when it's when you're yep. hitting rock bottom that 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 you start showing your values. Yeah, that's right. And and I, I remember once saying to a team that I was coaching that um, success for me is not. Uh, winning the match success is uh, showing that you're representing the values on the pitch and that everybody who is watching that particular team uh -huh. could name what our values are yeah. and uh, and if we're able to do that then the result doesn't I think that will actually help us get the result yeah. uh, but uh, um, if, if it doesn't come and we represented our values uh, to the to the best of our ability then then I would be pleased as happy. a coach yeah. Yeah, I, I, for, I can give an example from the other night. Uh, the first half of uh, the Red Lions versus Germany, I thought it was a wonderful game of hockey. It was a magnificent, magnificent uh, spectacle. Uh, the Red Lions were playing particularly well, I thought. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And Germany were, were just what? better in that first half, and yeah. they scored the two, and they were two nil up, and and rightfully so at that moment. That's correct. And and I was really at the same time, I was really proud of the Red Lions because of the way that they were acting on the pitch. Okay. They were really fighting. They were sticking to their game plan. They were playing good, clean, hard yeah. hockey. They uh, and then, uh, you know, obviously we know the result. Yeah. But the ability to to stick to the game plan, to make some adjustments uh, in the second half, to believe in the the process, um, ultimately got them that result. And um, I thought it was a, a great demonstration of a team that, uh, under pressure, were able to to stick to the plan. Uh huh. Okay. Um, how about the next generation? How, how do you see this? Uh, is, is, is this coming along? Obviously, you had some next generation players just joining the team recently. Uh, had a couple of uh, unexpected opportunities in the, in the World Cup, and, yeah. and, and some of these guys have proven their worth and are in the team right now. Yeah. Uh, is the next generation building uh, also, and, and according to your wishes and according to the game plan? Yeah, I, I am. I'm quite excited actually about the talent that is coming from below the red lines. Yep. Uh, our under 18 boys team uh, uh, in the European Championships um, last year, they, they lost the semi-final to Spain in shootouts, uh, uh, but you, and, and Spain went on to win that uh, tournament. Um, so I think that there, there's some good talent coming through there. Of course, our under-21 team, they won a silver medal in the Junior World Cup in 2016. Uh -huh. And then in the European Championships, the previous European Championships, 
not the ones just gone. They, no. they won silver there, losing in shootout to the Netherlands. So we've got the depth. That we came fifth in the most recent uh, under-21 championship, but I was really encouraged uh, with what I saw in terms of talent. Uh-huh. Um, it's not always um, important that you have uh, the result. The result. That, that kind of tournament, it's about the process. Exactly right. And, and also, if, if we're talking about um, having a sustained flow of players coming into the Red Lions or the Red Panthers, for example, yeah. then um, it's most important that you have two or three or four outstanding players that, that can come through. Yeah. Um, it, it's, Because it, not everybody will make it. Obviously. That's right, and that's just a reality. Um, yeah. and, and from what I saw uh, most recently on the, the men's side, what we have coming through, I'm really excited about that. And of course, if we're to talk about uh, the women's side and, we are. and uh, the, the talent that we have coming through there, Our under-18 girls were, were second in the European Championships last year. Uh-huh. Our under-21 girls made the, the finals of the, the European Championships this year. They won silver uh, in the previous one. So we have some good youngsters coming through there. And I, I think that um, whilst the result of the Red Panthers here maybe was not as we had hoped, uh-huh. I think we have uh, some really talented girls just in behind that you'll start to see come through in the coming uh, two or three years. What is, what is needed for the Red Panthers or for women's hockey in Belgium in general to make that next step? Look, I think that... Uh, is it just patience and, and trust in the process? Or, or I, I do think that we are building a, a robust system that will generate uh, high-quality players in the future. I think that there are other uh, nations that are also doing that really well, yeah. so it's a difficult um, uh, landscape. I uh, I have faith that we will be able to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not to the the same uh, uh, level like the red line yeah. because that is exceptional. Yeah, it, it, you know, and and w- we have a number of really you know world player of the year in, yeah. in juniors and seniors and world goalkeeper. Yeah. We've got guys that are leading goal scorers at the World Cup with drag flick. So it's it's it, we've got all of the. Key um, elements are coming together here. Yeah, for, to, to have a, uh, a top-class side. On the women's side, I think um, uh, we're starting to develop um, more of the type of athlete that you need uh, to be successful at the top level. Um, and I think that uh, if you look at our junior sides coming through and what they're doing, I think we're probably five or six years away from uh, where we can be more consistent internationally. Look, look, I've been really encouraged by our uh, women's side. We came fifth uh-huh. in the Pro League. We beat Australia twice at Absolutely. world number two. Exceptionally. Um, you were sil- silver in the last European Cup. Uh, yeah, that, that's right. And and uh, so they've come a long way in a short period of time. You know, I think I can remember when I was coaching the men's side, they might have even been playing in the B division of the European yeah. Championships. Yeah. Yeah. We're now playing in a Pro League and we're competing with top nations in the world. What we are lacking, I think, at the moment is a bit of international maturity uh-huh. uh, which the Red Lions also took a bit of time Absolutely, yeah, you know we yeah. went to the Olympics in 2008 and then missed uh, the World Cup qualification in 2010 came back and were fifth in 2012 so that there was a there was indeed uh, a level of inconsistency with oh, that, that group it, it, for a while it, ta- it takes ups and downs to learn yeah right? yeah and I think that the Red Panthers are just that little bit of uh, lacking that little bit of international maturity I hear a lot of things, is it a mental problem, are we able to do it at home? No. I think as you uh, play more and more key 
quality, difficult uh, matches of importance, uh, players, they, they learn to deal with it and they learn how they can produce their best hockey at the, those key pressure moments. Yeah. And um, I, I think it will come. And I, yeah, I have a lot of faith in that uh, program and I think that they're in a good direction. Okay. Um, we are living in, the, in, the, in a situation where we have a strong domestic league uh, and we have the ability to pay good attention and have a quality national team program as well uh, because we live in a small country, uh, same way Holland does. Um, how do you see the, 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 the added value of both domestic clubs and, and national team in the success that we are seeing now uh, and, and, and for example also in the, in the evolution that the Red Panthers are going through? Yeah, so I am, um, you know, I, I come from Australia and, and, and the environment that you work in in Australia is a centralised program uh, where all the players move to one city and they train together and they don't really have a domestic league. Uh -huh. um, they're building one now, Hockey yeah. One in Australia is an interesting and new concept and I'm curious how that will go, I think it's quite exciting. But um, uh, so it's very different to what we have over here. And, and I do believe that uh, the clubs and the domestic league in, in, in Europe, that's the foundation of all that we have. That's where all our hockey players come from. Um, you know, people almost live in their, their hockey clubs. And, and so we need to be mindful of that in developing a national team and, and, and a program to uh, generate a national team success. Uh -huh. uh, we need to be able to cooperate well with, uh, with the clubs and we need to try to um, come up with a program that is mutually beneficial. Yes. I am um, a little concerned with the, the load uh, on our players uh, playing the Pro League because we have a, a strong domestic league where we, we play um, you know, 17 or 18 matches in a the, in the season and then we're adding probably on top of what we used to do maybe another 10 matches all in that yeah, first playoffs and EHLs yeah, and yeah, stuff like that in so. that first six months and yeah. and even as a performance director when I looked at the program to begin with I thought yeah, we normally do a troop in January somewhere and we play six or seven matches uh -huh. uh, we normally do something around the playoffs for te players that are not uh, uh, maybe playing in the playoffs yeah. and then we have a summer program in the lead up to our, our big tournament yeah. so I didn't think that um, it would. Um, it was a big increase in matches, but it's the travel. Uh -huh. uh, it, it's in between all of these matches. It's the going and staying in hotels. It's uh, the constant um, uh, pressure of having to get results of yeah, this. You, you can't let go as a player. Yeah, which is um, uh, which probably uh, we underestimated in the beginning of how that will impact the players. Uh -huh. What we saw was a group of players that were really really mentally and physically tired at the end of the season. Look, yes. it's professional sport almost now, so yeah. we, um, uh, I think you, you you need to expect that and maybe what we will see is that teams will will expand uh, their, their groups and mm -hmm. some some have done that. But it's, um, to, to go back to around the domestic league, I think it is important that we are constantly monitoring uh, the load of our players that we're not overloading them yeah. to make sure that uh, they're able to play quality hockey with their club teams because ultimately uh, you know that's where our players come from and that's where the heroes are generated absolutely uh, in the clubs yeah, for me it's the foundation of the game so yeah. that's uh, yeah. it's and, and and sometimes i hear and and like i said being an australian we don't really have that or, club culture that club culture and sometimes i hear 
uh, from other parts of the world where they say, oh, we want to play matches uh, here in March. And we say, well, we can't because of the domestic league. Well, we're not worried about your domestic league. <laughs> and I think it's, it's quite naive to, to say that because um, we, whilst Europe is, um, has some very strong nations and we've got a lot of the, the top nations in the world, We're only part of it. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're only part of it, but we are an important part. Uh -huh. um, just as uh, we, we would not say, well, you know, we don't uh, rate your particular domestic yeah. competition or tournament or, uh, uh, you know, we, we need to be mindful of everybody or every nation's uh, unique situations. Oh, true, true. Um, who will be Belgium's biggest rival in Tokyo? And why? Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one. I have been really impressed by the development of Australia in the last 18 months. I think they've taken a different approach. It's less about the individual now. It's more about the team now. Yeah, I, I think uh, in the past they had some really world-class players like Jamie Dwyer and Mark Knowles, and they had top goalkeepers and and. Um, fantastic penalty corners uh -huh. and so it's hard to get away from the fact they had these outstanding yeah. guys and you know Eddie Ockenden let's not forget him well, he's a well, wonderful player too yeah. uh, I think what you're seeing now is a, an emergence of a, of a really strong core group and, and someone like Jacob Wetton I would rate as one of the top players in the world at present he's evolved from a guy that played striker to be able to play a, a high midfield but also a, lo a low contact yeah. uh, so he's an exciting player and then they've got some Yeah, you know, you, you've got Tom Craig with his speed. I think. Uh, Salusky, you got to get yeah, some. Sharpie's good. Um, so you've got some really high quality players there. So, but I, I do believe, um, and you can't underestimate the job that, that Colin has done with that group and his staff. Uh -huh. uh, I think they've um, instilled a fantastic culture that we were talking about before. Yeah. We're just a really hardworking group that um, that don't take a backward step for anybody. Uh -huh. So I think that. Um, Certainly, they're one of the teams to beat. They're the world number one ranked team at the moment. Uh, I have a healthy respect for um, for Germany uh, after uh, just watching them uh, from afar for the last uh, period of time. It doesn't always look like it's going smoothly. We, you know, we beat them 8-0 in the uh -huh. pro league, but they're building also towards yeah, Tokyo. Huh? Yeah, and you can see that there's. Uh, Potential there. They have a wonderful strike line. I think yeah. that their their strike group um, is a fantastic group of players, and and I've been quite impressed by the development of, of their other lines. Mm -hmm. um, so that's uh, certainly going to be uh, a team to watch. And of course, the Netherlands, um, whilst not having a fantastic performance the other day against Spain, I you know you, I can't forget the how they performed at the World Cup. Um, you know, we had a really tough game against them uh, in the Pro League semis. Uh, I think that they've got a wonderfully skilled group uh, that can score goals from anywhere on the pitch. So I think that um, uh, their ability to hurt you on the counter-attack uh, is probably as good as any team in the world. Uh -huh. They're the ones that I'd, I'd probably have in the, the top echelon at the moment without forgetting India. Uh -huh. I think that you know they won the Junior World Cup. I thought they were the best team there uh, at the Junior World Cup, so they have some great players that that have a um, couple of them have like quite unique skills, mm -hmm. skill sets, their ability to use the aerial ball, particularly the way it's being blown in this tournament now. Yeah, that will that it will, will allow them some yeah, more leniency and yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. So it will help them. So 
you know, of course, at the top level, you can have some surprises, but I think that that core group of five are the yep. ones. Do you consider Spain a surprise here at the European Championship? Yeah. Uh, somewhat of a surprise. Of course, we know the quality of some of their attackers. Mm -hmm. um, but if you have a look at their form during the Pro League, you'd almost have to say it definitely is a surprise. Yeah. Um, uh, in saying that, uh, what Spain has done with their high performance program on both the men and women's side, I, um, I've been really impressed with, and I think it's a great. Because I, I hear a lot of people telling me, because this is a very old team. You've got yeah, some really yeah, old players yeah, yeah. who are still making yeah, the difference in this team. Yeah, yeah. Um, which sounds like a bad signal for the future. Uh, yeah. But when I hear everybody talking around what, what's coming from Spain, uh, they've got, they, they did a great job at uh, the under-21 Euros. Uh, yep. And apparently the younger teams are also producing yep. some yep. exceptional players at this moment. Yeah, uh, yeah their under-18 group and under-21 group are both very, very strong. Uh -huh. uh, they've got some outstanding individuals there that are playing with already a lot of maturity. Uh, and, and, and highly skilled, as you quite often see uh, yeah. with, with Spanish teams. And um, so I think that the job that Fred and, and uh, Adrian have done on, on both the men's and women's side, because of course the women, they, they yep. won also the Junior <laughs> Euros yeah. and, and bronze medal at the World Cup. I think they've done a great job. But I also think that that's a, um, a great... Uh, like, I'm, I'm a big advocate for... Uh, uh, continuity and consistency in uh, in coaching allow uh -huh. coaches uh, time to put their vision in place and work with them to get a long-term vision which they can sustain yeah. uh, rather than jumping around uh, with a different changing, coach every, every yeah. two years and and um, you can say what you like about uh, Fred and Adrian as a coach if you think they're good coaches or not good coaches or whatever but what you have seen is that they've been able to put a program in place they've been able to cons get a consistent message across and then you see yeah, the teams are growing because they're doing what they believe in yeah yeah, yeah. and um, so I have enormous respect for those guys and I think they've done a, a wonderful job because it was you know eight to, uh, it wasn't that long ago that I thought both programs were not really on track uh -huh. and they've certainly got them back on track and and I would say that both teams are capable of doing something in Tokyo. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks very much for your insights here. Uh, we uh, wish you all the best for because we're recording this just before the finals. So yeah. you, you will guys will be hearing this after the finals, so then we know if uh, Belgium was surprised by Spain yeah. or just did their job in the front of their home crowd. But uh, I wish you all the best for the finals and uh, especially in Tokyo as well. Yeah. Thanks a lot. I'm looking forward to uh, this evening's match. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Join us again tomorrow for a new episode of the Euro Hockey Daily on your Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or at studiohockey.com. Enjoy your hockey. Bye-bye.